Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Uh, it's time for service. Uh, unfortunately, Brother Yu isn't here today, so uh, you're going to have me today. All right, well, if you would stand, please, and uh, grab your hymnals and turn to 574. 574. Hold the fort. Um, I like this song, so we'll do all four verses. Amen. All right, verse one.
But Kevin do, doesn't do too bad, does he? He's, he does all right. You know, he come in from school today, and and it's like a bird on a June bug, you know. Guess what you get to do, you know. So anyway, Brother Shelton, they're out of town today, and so pray for him and Miss Rosalind. A lot of folks sick today. The the uh, Eric and his family's sick. Brother Sorensen not bit feeling well, and uh, I mean just quite a few. So please, you pray for all of our folks that. Uh, aren't doing well. Also remember to pray for Miss Lexi. You know, she's, she thought she was going to going to have a baby today, but uh, she's not sure. So uh, pray for her. You know, she's been on the bubble there for a while about that, but she's ready, but the baby's not. So keep her in your prayers, if you would, please, as well, all right? Pray for our day Sunday. Lord, helps get everybody back. We got to get everybody well before Sunday. If they would just invent a pill that works on Sunday, it works Monday through Saturday, but when, you know, but come Sunday, <clears throat> everybody's sick, you know, so uh, pray that everybody gets well Monday, and they get everybody back, and so please keep them in your prayer. Again, uh, pray for the folks on this. Do you ha everybody have a prayer sheet? If you need one, please raise your hand, and Brother John will get you one. Uh, if not, uh, then, I, then pull your bulletins out from Sunday. You still got, you still have those with you. Uh, please, men, don't forget, help me with this. We had um, 20, I think it was, for prayer breakfast last week, so pray that everybody gets back this coming Saturday, that we get everyone there and uh, kind of start our uh, start our month off right. Sunday is 23, or excuse me, yeah, 23 and 23 uh, at 8.30 uh, for prayer time. Uh, so let's pray that everybody gets here. Let's reach our goal of 23 folks to come and pray uh, Sunday morning at 8.30, but please don't forget, again, about uh, praying for everyone that's sick, and please, again, backing up till Saturday morning, we're still going to go soul winning at 9.30, and uh, so please, you come, the weather's supposed to be pretty nice, it's, uh, I think the low is only going to be around 55 or so, and, um, you know, so we're going to go knock some doors again, so please be here ready for that as well, all right, uh, please, also, don't forget that uh, the Merlots will be here Sunday, both services, so um, you don't want to miss. He'll give you an update on his daughter, Sarah, so play, uh, pray for him. I spoke to him yesterday, and uh, he's got a video about his ministry that he's going to show Sunday afternoon, so uh, just pray for him. He'll be driving in from not very far from Oklahoma City, but uh, let's have a good day uh, while he comes. You'll, I always enjoy Brother David coming, so uh, please uh, keep him in your prayers, all right? Uh, I want to remind you also about our banquet coming up on the 10th. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in December, so you got to make sure you keep your bulletin, uh, so that way you'll know what's going on. And uh, but read that we are taking donations for homeless no more Baptist church there in Fort Worth. Um, uh, if you can uh, and write this uh, down, the preacher's going to be preaching for us in the fellowship. Uh, in March, uh, we'll, we're going to host that, and uh, you, you'll uh, he'll bless your heart. So, uh, I mean, a very unique ministry, uh, and those folks will just, um, you know, it's just a neat thing. You just have to hear him preach and listen to his testimony. So, but we'll get, give you some more information on that as closer we get. Uh, also, I want you to please remember to, uh, there's some things we need your help with, uh, uh, Friday at 12.30, Ms. White wants me to let you know about 
they're going to decorate the trees for the foyer and for uh, the fellowship hall Friday at 1230. Uh, so, uh, ladies, if you can come and help with that, please uh, be here Friday. Uh, also, uh, if you can, I need some men to help me with the lockup schedule uh, that's going to start Sunday. So, please, if you'll contact me about that. And lawn help is almost over. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. But uh, Brother Kerry still needs a little help to try to get us to that place where we're not going to have to mow anymore. Uh, so please contact him uh, about that. All right. So it, please uh, let me know about the lockup schedule. I need help on a Sunday afternoon and a Wednesday night. So men, if you can help with that, uh, let me know. All right. Back to your prayer sheet. Um, there was, um, I want you to continue to pray for Brother Harmon, Gene Harmon. He, there's another update back here on the, on the missions board uh, about his uh, chemotherapy or his radiation. Uh, evidently, that stuff, I've never had to have it. Any, any of y'all ever had to have radiation? Pretty tough. Yeah, he said all his stuff tastes like metal and everything, but he's having it in his throat. So uh, it's difficult. And for a preacher... To, you know, to be like that, it's difficult. So y'all pray for Brother Harmon. Read his letter. Uh, it'll help you uh, kind of understand what he's going through. He sends one about every two weeks, so uh, keep him in your prayer, all right? We've also added some names to the uh, health list. I want you to remember those. Uh, if you would, please, I know that they would certainly appreciate it. Uh, anybody heard from Brother Dennis or Miss Susie? Anybody talk to them this week? Brother Robbie? Okay, good. All right, good. Yeah, I'll pray for them. I, they sometimes, they if they get down, they, they get down a long way. So uh, keep them in your prayers. I know that they will certainly appreciate that as well, all right? Uh, but get your prayer sheets out and remember these. If you need a, a prayer booklet for those, they're still... We, there's still about three more spaces. We need 26. I think we've got about 23 or four. And uh, that way that if everybody in the church has prayed for every day of the year, uh, our missionaries and every person in the church. So please pick one of those up. The ladies did a good job putting those together. Uh, so put your name on that list so that we can make sure that we get you one of those. All right. Um, again, pray for Brother Shelton. He's supposed to be back next uh, this week, you know, Saturday, for soul winning. Uh, he had some personal things that he needed to take care of, so uh, pray for him as well. It's good to see the Brother and Miss Williams, uh, Russ and Tamara. They're good friends. Uh, we've known them for years. They, uh, I thought he came to hear me preach, but he, all, he came to watch the Cowboys play tomorrow. Amen. But he came down to work, but that's just a byproduct of that, you know, and I tried to talk him into a ticket, but uh, he, he, Miss Tamara wants to go anyway, so I, you know, tried to talk her out of it, but it was a no-go, uh, but it's good to see them here tonight. They're good friends, uh, a great blessing to, uh, to myself and their preacher, a good friend of mine, he's the pastor that went to Scotland with me. And, man, we had a great time as well. Has he talked about any of that, Brother Russ? Amen. Good. Amen. Yeah, he's a, he has got, a, like, almost a photographic memory. He remembers everything. And uh, I remember everything. It's stuck in here, but I, it's in there, you know. But uh, anyway, but I'm glad to see them tonight. Appreciate them being here. 
Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Pray for our offering. Remember these, the gift boxes are for a van that we're raising money for. Everything that's not designated on Wednesday night, the cash will go toward that uh, as well as on Sunday. So, uh, no, I take that back. Uh, if it's not designated on a Wednesday night, we'll put that in that, that account. So, see if we can raise some money to buy a new van with. So, if you can help with that, that would be awesome. Appreciate that. Lord, we ask your blessing upon our worship tonight. God, I'm thankful, uh, Lord, that you love us. I'm thankful, Lord, that we serve an awesome God. I'm thankful, Lord, that, uh, God, that you love us enough to send your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege that you've given us to be here tonight. Lord, there's a lot of folks that, that are not here that, that are sick. God, they've, uh, some have called and said that they don't feel well. Some just called today. And, God, I, I pray for them. Lift them up, Brother Jim and uh, Brother Eric and his family. Lord, we also pray for Miss Lexi, Father, as she gets close to delivering her baby. I pray, God, that you would uh, be with her and the baby, Lord, that, uh, God, that there will be no problems whatsoever. So, Lord, we pray, God, that you, your watch care over them. We also pray, Brother Dennis and Miss Susie, Lord, as they uh, are recovering. Pray, God, that you would uh, be with them, Lord, as well as Miss Daphne, who had uh, a heart procedure, God, just a few weeks ago. We Thought maybe we, she might get to come Sunday, but Lord, she was unable to do that. So I pray, God, that you would continue to be with her and Brother Robert, Lord, as they uh, continue to heal as well. And Lord, we pray, Father God, that you'd watch over us, God, as we come before you tonight in, our, in the message. I pray, God, that your hand, Lord, would be upon us as we uh, lift up our praise to you, Lord, in song. Pray for Brother Kevin as he leads us in music tonight, Lord, and thank you for him being willing to do that. Lord, we pray for Brother uh, Shelton, God, who's away tonight, Lord, and we just ask you, God, your blessings upon us in everything that we do. We pray that you'd bless this offering, God, as we raise uh, funds for a new van. We just ask you, God, that you're, you'd help us with that, Lord, and uh, God, that uh, you'd help us find something that would really be used for the cause of Christ in this place. Uh, God, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for this offering. We pray, God, that you'd be with the gift and the giver, and may everything that we give tonight, Lord, be used for the furtherance of the cause of Christ in this place, and Lord, we just uh, give you praise for it all, because it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and ask all these things, amen. If you have an offering, you please come. <clears throat> One more time and uh, turn your hymnal to uh, hymn number 362. 362. There is power in the blood. Amen. I'm glad
All right, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 21, we'll begin reading in verse 10, <clears throat> go down through the end of the chapter, we'll try to finish up uh, chapter 21 this evening, see if we can get that far. 1 Samuel chapter 21, if you'll please stand in honor of reading God's word if you're able, and again, chapter 21, begin in verse 10, found your place, amen, that's getting close. Chapter 21, verse 10, find your place, amen. Okay, that's a lot better. All right, it says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath, and he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the uh, doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down to his beard and then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, you see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And Father, I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word. And help us, Lord, as we finish up on chapter 21 tonight, God. And I pray that your hand will be upon us and help me, Lord, to uh, rightly divide your word of truth. And God, I pray that you'd apply these things to our hearts. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Our last message we left off. If you, re you remember Doeg, y'all remember him? Say Amen. Yep, we left off. He killed 85 priests and their families. And we talked about last week how there's always someone around to do the devil's dirty work. Uh, Satan seems like he always makes sure of that. And, and, and while I'm thinking about this, uh, it's not always this drastic when it, when it comes to the devil's dirty work. Sometimes the devil's dirty work is simply just a, a word of discord. Sometimes it, it's perhaps a bad attitude. Sometimes it can be disobedience in the heart of an individual. And this is why we must always be on guard. That's why we have to always be filled with the Spirit of God so that we can guard against Satan getting a foothold in what God's trying to accomplish, not only in this church, but in our individual lives as well. 
And so we, when we come to this part of the lesson tonight, we, now Doeg has killed all of these priests, and, but there's one young man by the name of, uh, of Abiathar, and he's the son of Ahimelech, the high priest. He's the only one who has escaped uh, Doeg killing all of these priests and their families. And, so if you, and if you look there in verse 20 and verse 21, it tells us that, uh, that he fled after David and showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priest. Now, uh, now remember, that, that was in chapter 22. But if you remember, David was at uh, Calah. And when David heard the message about what Doeg had done, if you look in chapter 22 and verse 22, David says, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul. He said, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Now, if you notice this, that David, he anticipated, he knew that. He knew of Doeg's evil intentions and and if you really think about it, uh, Satan or evil will always, it seems, to show itself. And if you're, if you're spirit-filled, uh, uh, even just a little bit, listen, God, the, God will give you discernment on how to spot that. Amen. And we see this with David, but yet David didn't do anything. He said that he knew of Doeg's evil intentions, and he knew that he was going to tell Saul but, he, but we also notice that David said in chapter 22 and verse 22 that he had occasioned the death of all the priests. Now, he blamed himself. Uh, it wasn't really all his fault, even though he was partly to blame, I believe. But, but you see that David thought that he occasioned the death of all these people. But I want you to turn to Psalm ch chapter 52 because Psalm 52, uh, David penned uh, some reflection uh, of what went on that day uh, here in Psalm 52. And he, he kind of tells us some, some things about what went on. And I want to I read that for just a minute. So Psalm chapter 52, uh, if you look that, it's, it's, uh, if you notice in the top part of that, it, it says a Psalm of David when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. And so David begins to reflect on this, and he writes these words. He said, Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. We preached about that Sunday. The tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. Uh, God shall likewise destroy thee forever, and he shall take thee away, and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place, and root thee out of the land of the living, Selah. The righteous also shall see, and fear, and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. So David here is writing some things about how he reflects and looks back on what Doeg did. And, and notice uh, you, you find here where uh, it talks about Doeg's tongue that caused a lot of trouble. And, and you know, the one thing about the tongue, it can, it's a little member, but it causes a, a, some big hurt. In fact, if you go to Proverbs, I've written some of these verses down. And if you look in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 31... It says, the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, 
but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Listen, God hates a lying tongue. He, he hates a, a tongue that brings discord among the brethren. Proverbs 15, 4, it says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but, a, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Here's another verse, and you, I'll just read this, and you can write them down. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and that is absolutely true. And Doeg, his tongue here, caused a lot of trouble. And David says Doeg's tongue was a proud tongue, saying, he says, Why boasteth thyself in mischief? Listen, God help us not to boast ourselves in mischief. You know, I've had people say, Well, you know, I'm just backslidden. You know what that is? That's boasting in mischief. God help us. If, if people are backslidden, the best thing they can do is get right with God. But people sometimes boast in that. Doeg's tongue, David says, was a perverted tongue. He said, Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs, working deceitfully, lying, deceitful, what he had told Saul. Listen, he, he, he was deceitful. And, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Just tell the truth. Uh, you know, listen, just tell, when we do something, I've, I've told my kids for years, what good does it do me to lie? What good does it do any of us to lie? Just tell the truth. And, but, but Doeg has a perverted tongue. He also uh, had a, what I've called a painful tongue that caused suffering. He, his tongue was, the, David says, like a sharp razor inflicting wounds in spirit and in body. You ever had somebody get in an argument with you and they start losing the argument and the first thing they do is attack you on a personal level? You know, well, you're ugly. Or, you know, you're, you don't have any hair. You know, I mean, they just start, they, they find something to make it a personal thing because they begin to lose an argument and they attack you on a personal level. Listen, this is exactly what Doeg's doing here. He's, he's causing suffering and pain. But his not only went through the, to the spirit of the situation, but he actually killed 85 priests. Listen, he caused a lot of suffering. But notice what happened. And if you look in verse 5, we, we see that... Uh, that he teaches us that sin demands judgment. And in this psalm, David talks about the judgment that's due for Doeg's evil deeds. And, and, and if you look in verse 5, it, the, God's judgment is swift. God says, He shall pluck thee out of thy dwelling place. And that word pluck speaks of swiftness. You know, God's not going to warn us about judgment. If we don't get right, God's judgment comes quick. And that's what's happening here to Doeg. God says that, or David pins the words, he shall pluck thee out of the dwelling place. And that, it means it'll come when we, we're not even thinking about it. God's judgment is also going to be shameful. The Bible says that the righteous shall see and shall laugh at him in verse 6. You know, one thing that I do not want to be when it comes to the things of God is be shameful. Listen, as a child of God, none of us ought to want to try to, we ought not to want to do anything or, that would cause a reproach to come onto the cause of Christ, period, or, or our testimony in that matter. We ought to always want to do something that would bring honor and glory to God. But Doeg here, he has done something that has brought shame, and God's going to judge him quickly. And the Bible says, the righteous shall see. God's judgment is severe. Look in verse 5 again. It tells us that it's going to be forever. Doeg had his day in the limelight. Man, he has, has he stepped up in a sense, and he's been uh, Saul's uh, uh, executioner. 
And he, since the, remember the servants, they had sense enough that they weren't going to kill the priest. They said, no, Saul, we're not going to do that. And, and, and so Doeg stepped up and he said, listen, Saul, I'll do it. These guys, and listen, it, the servants had enough uh, spirituality about them where they knew that that was the wrong thing to do. But again, there's always somebody around that's willing to do the devil's dirty work. And Doeg was that person, and he stepped up, and, and he killed all of these people. And he may have been in the limelight for, for just a minute. Listen, and the wicked uh, uh, the people that are evil and do wicked things, it seems like they always have their moment. It seems like they're having their moment right now today. You turn the news on for a little while, and you see all the bad things that are going on, and, and, and we ask ourselves, you know, like the, the uh, saints of God during the tribulation period that are under the altar, they ask the question, oh, how long, O oh Lord? Well, listen, uh, the, the Bible teaches us that there's pleasure in sin, but only for how long? Only for a season. And I'm letting you know that, listen, it may look like that wickedness is having the rule of things, but I want you to understand that God is still in control. And one of these days, God is going to set things straight. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to the day that God steps up and says, okay, he calls us out of here. And then everything, listen, God's going to have, there's going to be a reckoning day. But I'm thankful that we are going to have a glorified body, a glorified mind, and it's not even going to mean anything to us that God's going to be the one taking care of it. Well, God takes care of Doeg. Doeg has stepped up. He had had his uh, moment in the limelight. But listen, God's going to set things straight, and he does it to Doeg, and we're going to see that later. Now look back in chapter 21 and verse 10. 21 and verse 10, it says, And David arose and fled that day. Uh, for fear of Saul. Now, David moved because he feared Saul. And, and think about this. His fear of Saul was great, but his faith in God was small. Think about this. The reason his faith in God was small is because David's walking in the flesh at this point in his life. Hey, you know, God teaches us that as child, children of God that we ought to walk by faith. And not by sight. Well, David is operating in the flesh. And we understand that David's being hunted by Saul. We know that. We understand that David's life is in danger. We understand that. But listen, is God not still in control? Did not God anoint him to be the king of Israel? Listen, if God's anointing him to be king, guess what's going to happen? He's going to be the king. Not anything is going to happen in David's life that's going to keep him from fulfilling what God has already called him to do. But this is a moment in David's life where it's a, a, what I call a Goliath moment in David's life. It's not a giant of a man that he's having to face, but it's a giant of a situation. So David, he, he's not responding here with Saul like he did when he faced the Philistine, when he faced Goliath. If you remember... When David met Goliath, the Philistine, listen, he met him head on. He didn't. He ran toward him. And I'm thinking, where's that guy? Where's the guy that, that, that had 
a faith in God. And he said, listen, uh, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he said, God's going to fight his battle, my battle for me. Where's that guy? Where? Listen, what happened to him? He's operating through the strength of his flesh. And he's forgotten uh, that God is there. And he's forgotten that God will help him. And so you remember uh, that David trusted in God's might rather than in his own wits. And, but here, David is trusting in the manipulation of the flesh to overcome the enemy. So, listen, we've all been here and done this. Before we start pointing at David, there's all been times in our life where we tried to manipulate a situation or whether we tried to, where we try to operate in the strength of this flesh and we try to handle it on our own. I was talking to someone yesterday on the phone and they were worried uh, about some things and about some finances. And, and I said, listen, did you tell God? I said, are you, are you doing the right thing? And I asked them flat out. I said, have you been tithing? And they said, absolutely. I said, then if you're, try, if you're doing the right thing and you're trusting in God, then listen, if you're, if you're worried about finances, tell God about it. Listen, does God not own everything? Did he not give us everything that we have? Absolutely. Well, listen, God can take care of that. And so we're seeing here again that, that David is trusting in the, the arm of the flesh. But oftentimes we get on the, this wrong path. We focus on our circumstances and we get our focus off the Lord Jesus Christ and we wind up sinking in the process. Um, we look in verse 10. Let me keep going. Remember, faith is the key to victory and flesh is the key to defeat. We're, David is... He's headed down a, a slippery slope, and we're going to see some of this. Look in verse 10 again. It tells us that, that David moved to Achish, the king of Gath. Now, to, this to me shows us how far David has moved away from God. Think about it. First thing we see is that David is going to Philistia after he has gone to war with them. He's, listen, he's already fought these people. He's already won a battle from them. On several different occasions, but now, but, but watch this, and but when he goes to Philistia, I'm telling you, this is not the guy that they're looking for. When he shows up there at the Philistia, there, listen, uh, he's going to a place thinking, well, I'm going to go down here and I'm going to be fine. Where's he going? He's going right back to the place where he has just, he has led in battle. He has won victories over these people. And he's going down there thinking that he's going to be saved. Now watch this. The, the city of Gath, think about it, uh, is, is the last place David ought to be going. If you look back in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 4, you'll find that Gath is the hometown of Goliath. Now why is he going there? I found an old old saying, and I, I applied it to David. And it, I put, David would be as welcome there as a skunk in a perfume factory. Listen, uh, he, he's headed to the, to the very hometown of the guy that he just killed and cut his head off. But now watch this. It, it gets worse. He goes there. And if you remember, when he was talking to Ahimelech, he went there for food and a weapon. And you remember what Ahimelech gave him? He gave him Goliath's sword. 
So here's David. He's out of the will of God. He's uh, the Doeg has killed 85 priests. Uh, David is now, he's running from Saul for fear of his life. He goes back to the very place where he ought not be going, to, go, to the hometown of Goliath, the guy that he cut his head off, led uh, a war and won a victory over the Philistia people. And now he's going back to Gath, and he's got Goliath's sword in his hand. Yeah, I mean... Um, it, it gets worse, okay? And to me, he, he just, he's, uh, listen, when you're out of the will of God, you'll do some pretty dumb things. David is doing that. Um, but notice, and I want you to note this here about where David is going. He, again, he's going to Gath, but he's going there for protection. Can I, can I apply that to you and me? Listen, how often times do we get in trouble and we go to the world for protection? How often times do we get in a, a, a tight place and, and, we, and, we think, and we run to the arm of the flesh to try to protect us? Listen, uh, at the, the Bible says that, that, listen, that if we go to the world, that the ways of the righteous condemn the wicked. Anytime you leave God and out of your decision-making process as a child of God, you're headed for trouble. David is doing just this very thing. And by the way, just because people pray and they say, I'm going to pray as if this is God's will, and we pray about it and we say, in Jesus' name, it don't make it okay. We have learned to spiritualize things, and, and, and as Christians, we learn to tag on Jesus' name, and, and we tag that on there, and it makes us feel better about operating outside the will of God. Come on, are y'all still here? Say amen. Listen, we can't do that. Uh, we've got to pray and ask God to help us, but we must pray for the Lord's will and then be obedient in it. But David is doing anything but that. Look in verse 11. Notice what it says. It says, and the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Listen, these people didn't roll out the red carpet for him when he got there. Uh, his arrival is met by distrust by the Philistines. And, 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 and listen, and David ought not be surprised by that. I mean, how could he expect a welcome when he's the one, as I've already said, when he's the one who killed their hero? And he's going down here for protection. He's uh, killed their hero, got his sword with him, and he's going down there thinking, they'll, they'll take care of me. That's like saying, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. It just don't work. But here's David. Listen, he's outside the will of God, and he shows up down here, and he's expecting these people to take care of him. David is the soldier that had brought all the defeats against the Philistines. Saul had killed his thousands, and as that verse 11 says, David is 10,000, and David is an Israelite hero, and the Philistines know it. And here he shows up, and he has some very unrealistic expectations of how they ought to treat him. And by the way, that's the way things are today, it seems like. Listen, a lot of people today have some strange expectations of how people ought to treat them. It, but you can't go to the world as a child of God and, and expect them to treat you right. Why? Because the ways of the righteous condemn the wicked. 
Listen, and, and, and yet David is going down here and he's expecting them to roll out the red carpet and treat him right, but it's not going to happen. People today expect respect when they're only disrespectful. Think about it. People expect obedience from others when they're only disobedient. People expect others to be friendly when they are unfriendly. And if you're disappointed in your expectations, then just maybe your expectations are wrong. That Maybe they're absurd, just like David. And David's expectations of the Philistine people, listen, they're absurd. He expected them to treat him right, protect him. Listen, he's the one that's, that's won all the victories and killed their hero. Listen, as Christians, we can't go to the world and expect them to treat us right. Can't do it. Look in verse 11. Or excuse me, look in verse 12. Verse 12 and 13, it's even, it gets even worse. When you think it can't get worse, it does. Um, and what David does here, I think he's reached the peak of bad behavior. And I think he's done some pretty crazy things up to this point. But now he tries to convince these, these Philistine people that he's crazy. Have you ever got in a, in a bad situation and you try to think of something that will get you out of it, but you know you're wrong when, as soon as you get in it? Man, I could tell you stories. I could, I'm thinking of, just, I'm not going to tell you, but I, I'm thinking of something in my own life where, listen, I'm telling you, I'm thinking, you know, if you better figure out a way to get out of this. But it wasn't to, it wasn't, it, it was to my mom and dad. And I go to them with some cooked-up story, thinking, man, if, if I, this is what I'll tell them. And all the time I'm telling them, I'm thinking, you know, you, really, you better put it on thick because this thing is so far-fetched. Listen, if you don't put it out there pretty thick, you're going to be in worse trouble than when you got started. And you know what? I told them the story. And I expected them to believe it. And, you know, and all the time I'm telling them and I'm looking at my dad, I, I know that my goose has been cooked before I ever got started. But you know what I did? I, I stayed right at it. You know, when you remember the grease pole? If you get on the grease pole, you're going to ride it all the way to the bottom. Well, that was one time I rode it all the way to the bottom. And, but listen, as Christians, we do the same thing. We start on a path in our life, and if we're not careful, we're going to ride that path. We're going to ride it all the way to the bottom. But as a child of God, we don't have to do that. David here, he is on that grease pole, and he is literally, he has ridden it all the way to the bottom. Look in verse 13. It says that David feigned himself mad. How far has he gone? Listen. Uh, here is a man who, um, he's, he's gone from a, a shepherd boy to killing the hero of the Philistines with his own sword. To slobbering all over himself and, and wallowing on the ground, making him look like he's a madman. You know what's happened? He's out of the will of God. Out of, being out of the will of God makes you do some crazy things. To this point, David has lied. I mean, he's lied not only by his, his mouth, but he's lied by his manners. And he's been lying by his conversation, and now he's going to lie by his conduct. Lying always moves the same way. 
once you begin to sin, it simply gets easier and easier. And we talked about this last week. And in David's case, the more he lies, the more absurd the lies get. You remember the great philosopher I talk about all the time, Judge Judy. She said, you don't have to have a good memory if you tell the truth. Yep. I, I mean, she said a lot of that, but that's one thing that I really, and you know what? That's the exact truth. David, he has been lying, and now he's got himself into such a pickle, now he's going to have to act it out. Uh, look in verse 12. Notice it says, David was sore afraid of Achish. After Achish, uh, after his servants said what they did about uh, David, uh, listen, David becomes extremely fearful. Now, fleshly fear breeds more fleshly fear. Amen. I mean, you, so we get scared about stuff. I mean, they the other night, they, uh, when was it, uh, Monday night, we're at home and we're watching the news and they start talking about uh, uh, two guys that got out, escaped out of jail in, uh, in Bonham. Well, I'm 10 miles from Bonham. You know, I told my wife, I said, I'm getting my gun out. And then the next thing you know, things are going around in my mind and I'm thinking, oh man, and you know, and my wife's saying, you better check the doors and you, and you know what happened? Fleshly fear breeds more fleshly fear. And so at some point I thought, this is crazy. If, they, if God don't want them in here, they're not going to get in here. So I laid down and went to sleep. Listen, we're seeing right here what's going on with David. Fleshly fear has bred more fleshly fear. Now look in verse 10. I'll show you. Look what it says. It says, and David arose and fled that day for, what's it say? Fear of Saul. All right? He's scared of Saul. And, 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 but notice in verse 12 what it says. And David laid up these words in his heart and was, what's the two words? Sore afraid. Listen. David has went, went from being just fearful to being extremely fearful. Do you know why? Because fleshly fear breeds more fleshly fear. If David would have been acting in the will of God for his life and doing what, listen, he would have never got to this place. If you and I, oftentimes in our lives, I know there's, uh, there's things that come up in our lives where we, we worry about, but listen, God says to be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, let our requests be made known unto God. If there's something going on in your life, tell God about it. If there's something that you're fearful about, tell God about it. And if he's going to worry about it, there's no need in me and you doing it. Amen. Listen, God will take care of it. So we can see, but David, he's acting in fear. And so now he is sore afraid. Well, in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, it tells us, of men's hearts failing them because of fear. And the reason is because they're in the same condition as David. They have left God out of their life. And when men fear, they act and make decisions just as crazy as David. They may not feign themselves as madmen like David did, but their actions are just as bad. Listen, there's people today that are, that are just acting uh, in such a way that it's just, uh, it's unbelievable, the things that we see today and the way people are act and the way things that are going on. But when you walk in the flesh, you'll act foolish no matter who you are. And all God's people can say amen. Look in verse 14 and 15. 
David still, <clears throat> in, in a sense, and I don't want to mis, uh, misinterpret this, but David, in a sense, uh, has success in spite of his actions. Verse 14 and 15, it says, Then said Achish unto his servants, Whoa, this, see, the man is mad. Wherefore, then, have you brought him to me? Listen, David, he's, uh, he's acting a fool. He's falling on the ground and slobbering all over himself. And, 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 and listen, you know what he's trying to do? He's got himself into such a problem, he's going to try anything to get out, even if he acts like he's crazy. And Achish says, if you go on and read, he says, Have I need of a madman? Or have I need of madmen? Some think that David got out of his problem this way. And so I've heard people say, well, that's quick thinking. Well, yes and no. But if you're a child of God, I have to say, no. Listen, listen, uh, get, get this. David lied. He still lied, and he still relied on this flesh. And David's behavior here is shameful, and it's dishonorable. And listen, when, when we as children of God get in the flesh, we will do the same thing. We will act shameful and dishonorable, and it will dishonor the name of Almighty God. And we're here to be a testimony for God. We're here to try to be somebody that, Christ, that they can see Christ in us. But the ends does not justify the means. God took care of David in spite of David's bad decisions. David's making a really bad one here. But as I've said just already, the end does not justify the means and success does not justify the shameful deeds done uh, when the, he obtains it. And our society today, though, worships at the altar of worldly success, not at the altar of character. I was just, and I mentioned this Sunday, uh, last week when we had the Lord's Supper, I was, um, I, I was blessed by listening to the uh, the testimonies of the people that stood, and they began to stand all over uh, the building, and they began to give their testimony as to how their life changed when they came to Central Park Baptist Church. And But remember this. Listen, it's not this building. It's not anything that you or I do that makes that change. It's God that does that. But listen, it, but coming and worshiping is what makes the difference. That's why we come here. That's why we worship. Why? Uh, because we want God to speak to our hearts, and we, he want, we want Him to change us from the inside out. Listen, God does that. But when we rely on self instead of God, then all we have to look for is failure and dissatisfaction. And that's what happened here in David's life. You see, when we rely on self instead of God, um, all we have to look for is failure because it's only when the Bible says that when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, only then will you ever be filled or changed. I come to church because I want God to speak to my heart. I come because I want him to change me from the inside out. And listen, the only, the only people that never change, listen, in this life are the ones that are in the graveyards. Listen, they're done. I had somebody, I was standing in here the other day, somebody came up here for help, and, and uh, it was just me and him. I, we were sitting out in the foyer, and Brother Marco was running around a week ago today, in fact, and, and he began to talk, and, and he, he began to ask for help and things, and he goes, you know, we don't really die. We, you, we don't really die. 
And I said, that's funny. I said, my mom and daddy died the first of September. And then I said, you know what? They're dead. Their body's gone. I said, I haven't seen them in two weeks or in almost a month now. I said, but in this life, they're dead. And he said, well, I guess you got a point. I said, well, I said, I guess I do. I said, the only way that you don't die is if you're born again, child of God. And he began to talk and say some other things, and and I helped him. And uh, But listen, you know what happens is that the only way you'll ever be satisfied, and I tried to help him. I said, listen, if you don't let God help you, you'll be back. Uh, I said, God's the only person that can help you. And we talked a little more, and and I gave him some money, and and uh, I could tell, and I'm, and I could tell that uh, you know he smoked, and I said, "Listen, I want to give you some money so you can go get something to eat," because he told me he was hungry. I said, "Don't spend God's money on cigarettes." I said, "It's not my money. This is God's money." I said, "I'll give it to you." And I said, "But put some gas in your truck." I said, "But this money's only going to take you so far." And I began to tell him, I said, if you really want some help, you're going to have to let God help you. Uh, he's the only one that can satisfy you. David is operating in the strength of the flesh. And look where it got him to. He's went from being a hero when he comes into the, the, to Israel and they begin to sing the song, Saul has killed his thousands and David is ten thousands. He's went from that person to groveling in the dirt acting like a madman. You know what will take you there? This flesh. Only God can keep you where he, he wants you to be. God help us tonight to let God use us in a way that bring honor and glory to him. Listen, that, that not only brought shame to David, but it brought shame to God, the God that whom David served. Listen, God's going to get him straight, and we're going to get to that here in a few weeks. But, but listen, David sure had to go a long way down before he started back up. But we don't have to do that. If we'll operate in the strength of the Spirit of God, God will help us, strengthen us, and he'll take us where he wants us to be. Father, help us, Lord. And I pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, we've looked at David.